Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson. I'm the founder of Stack, the service that searches out the best independent magazines and delivers them to thousands of readers around the world every month. This week, I'm speaking with Caspian Whistler, creative director and editor-in-chief of A Profound Waste of Time, the beautiful illustrated magazine that is inspired by video games. He's one of the independent publishers who have successfully funded their magazines through Kickstarter, and he has a campaign live at the moment to reprint issues one and two of the magazine, which is currently sitting at just under £80,000 pledged with 22 days left to go. I was really keen to speak to him while the campaign is live, First of all, because I hope some people will go and back it after listening to this, but also because I wanted to get a sense of what it's like to be living through the stress and strain of running a Kickstarter in real time. I definitely think that comes through, and he also talks about other general stresses of publishing a magazine. I think he's basically a little bit broken by it all at the moment, so I really appreciate him coming over to speak with me, and I hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Caspian Whistler from A Profound Waste of Time. Cass, thank you so much for coming and talking again. One of the few people who've been on the the podcast twice. It's an honour, mate. Thank you so much for having me. It's so good to see you again. Ah, well, I mean, also, this is the first one of the podcasts that we're doing in person since, well, yeah, since, like, early 2020. What an honour. What a ride it's been, huh? Like, the last year and a half, it's been pretty... Pretty intense, huh? Right, well, I think that most people in the world could say that, but you probably more than most because, uh, okay, so you make a profound waste of time. We spoke uh, for the Stat Podcast in January 2019, oh. and you kickstarted your first issue, and there'd been all sorts of dramas with reprinting, oh, and God, the yeah. <laughs> printer had gone bust, and. Yeah. All the rest of it. But at the end of that conversation, you were saying, you know, you were working on or starting work on issue two. Yeah. So yeah. let's pick up from that point. What happened with issue two? So issue two uh, was something. Well, firstly, here's what happened. I got a job, <laughs> like, a, <laughs> like, a, like a real job. Uh, and I ended up working um, in an animation and design and film studio for um a uh, better part of a year, which was really, really good. And I chipped away at this magazine in the background. Mm-hmm. After I got home from work, I was sort of trying to build up a Kickstarter, which took months. Uh, eventually, getting to the point where I did the launch for this Kickstarter for the second issue uh, in November 19, mm-hmm. so November mm-hmm. 2019. And uh, yeah, it was a really, it was a really good, really successful campaign. And I'm super grateful for it. And just uh, immediately after that, we had a little uh, little pandemic. <laughs> so well, hang on, hang on. Let's, let's not jump ahead just yet. So, so you launched in November 2019. Kickstarter, you, yeah. your, your Kickstarter, mm. you, you were funded uh, in December 2019 and you took £62,000 to make issue two. So yeah. I guess at that point, you're like, amazing, great, we've done it. So, the, so you, you've got the funding 
for issue two. It felt that way, yeah. It was like a really nice... I remember like January of that year just feeling like really like happy about like the future and like what was going to happen over the next year. I was like, ah, I've already struggled to get the first issue out, but that's all been built. Like we have the foundation. It's going to be a much smoother ride this time is what I thought, what I hoped. Like, um, and then, yeah, just after my birthday in February, it just kind of like, uh, it just, yeah, we hit the first wave of COVID-19 and like, um, the ramifications of that on every aspect of not just like uh my business and the writers and stuff but just our lives has been so intense so um yeah it's been a bit of a uh, been a bit of a journey so so you so the copies for issue two were eventually sent out to people last month so we're we're now speaking in september 2021 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so i mean the ramifications obviously as you say but but talk me through it what like what went on what happened what slowed you down and and what led to this magazine coming out now so for, like for for your listeners who are probably judging me a bit uh, let me just let me just say that the mag is not an easy thing to make even in the best of times it's 200 pages uses multiple different paper stocks it's massive it's got like uh every single page has bespoke illustration on it it is not by any means something that you can just churn out quickly anyway but a pandemic um definitely uh just throws a massive wrench into things even further i mean firstly obviously you know i'm basically a one-man team i work with uh my uh, mentor and friend, Darren Wall, who is the head of a video game book publisher called uh, Read Only Memory. You know, he's been mentoring and guiding me and sort of helping out as a producer, but ultimately this is just me. So when uh, I get sick or I'm working or something else needs my attention, things slow down. And then on top of that, you have obviously all of our writers and illustrators, they've just gone through such a nightmare. I think I talk about this in the forward, but we've had just during 2020, we had forest fires, you know, recessions, uh, global pandemics, um, you know, uh, just a list, just like a laundry list of just like things going wrong. And I think like whenever you make any big project, right, like it, things are going to go wrong and you just have to you just have to roll with it. And that's what we did. We just had to roll with all of these punches. And now, hopefully, finally, we were able to launch this thing. And it was so well received that it almost all feels uh worth it basically <laughs> well so so well received because um we were in touch about getting hold of some copies uh, of the magazine for the stack shop uh and you, you sent a very nice email back saying like well that would be lovely but we're totally sold out so yeah. you i mean you sold so you, you obviously printed the copies which were for your backers uh people who, who backed you on kickstarter and then Presumably, you printed some extra for selling in shops. So we had, we had basically what I did is I had the Kickstarter backer. Um, those were all set up in 2019. And then we had, um, just in the meantime, we'd been selling pre-orders over PayPal. Um, and so we had, this was our biggest print run by like a mile. Like we'd print as much, we printed as much for this issue as we did for all the previous issue one reprints that we'd done. Um, I'm basically at this point now where we were kind of um, blindsided, I guess, by just the sheer um, changes that have happened to shipping as well over the last year. I'm sure anyone who's listening and has had to send anything physically in the last year or so has just, um, you know, just completely, it's, it's, been a, it's, been a, it's been a nightmare, you know? I mean, like, 
you can attest to that, surely, right? Like it's been a it's been a horror show, totally. Yeah, I mean we we've got <laughs> we've got some very very patient subscribers who, thank goodness, you know they've been with us for a while, and so they know that we we are actually a magazine subscription company, and we are sending magazines <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah. But the but yeah, I mean it's been the worst that I can ever remember it in terms of actually physically getting stuff to people that like the reliability has gone out the window and yeah. it's got way more expensive so so you basically then you set your prices for these magazines in <laughs> in november 2019 <laughs> and then oh, and then oh, in august 2021 you had to fulfill them so what what was the difference that you found there so it's it you know like you said like Massive delays, um, massive just increases in cost. It's 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 in, it's incredible. Like not only do we have to contend with the fact that like um, we've got massive COVID surcharges on everything now, which um, really sucks. I mean, I don't know how you do it because you send out bundles of mags, don't you? So the surcharges on that you must be paying must be like it's it's just crippling. Like because they multiply per kilo. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the fact that you know. The last presidential administration made changes to U.S. postal charges, which is like definitely affected us a lot because America's my biggest market. It goes America, U.K., then Europe. Um, U.K. and Europe are pretty even. And then, of course, you have Brexit and like the ramifications of that on top, mm. which have just completely. Um, am I allowed to swear on the podcast? I'm not, but you know, you know what my opinions are. Like, like, and whatever anyone's personal opinions are about like any of these events, the fact is, like, it has made like. Uh, the jobs of small businesses, of anyone hoping to send anything physical out there, just a hundred times harder than yeah. it's ever been before. Yeah, like, yeah. and we're all we're all reeling from it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, like, it comes down to the fact that like the business side of this whole operation has always been something that like I put up with, rather than like it's why, <laughs> rather than like why I do this. Like, I don't know how many. Um, people really genuinely get into this whole, whole process of mag making, especially in this sort of day and age and climate as well, you know, like to make, you know, business. It's it's more just, um, it's more just because I love the physical thing. You know, I love the object. I'm proud of the object. I want to, I want to make art, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's why I'm here. It's just all of this stuff, shipping and that is just something I put up with <laughs> rather than, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, okay, but so so you you've found that you had to spend a lot more money to actually get issue two out. So then, I guess off the back of that, we now see a reprint <laughs> on Kickstarter for issues one and two, yeah. which um, went live I think last week. And when I checked before this conversation, you've reached seventy thousand pounds so far on that. Yeah, yeah, I think we just passed over 71, like, in the time we've been talking. So I'm really, I'm thrilled, man. I, I, I don't know, like, I feel, um, it's a very overwhelming thing running a Kickstarter, you know? Like, I've just been obsessively checking my phone. Um, and especially the tension that I was feeling, you know, in the run-up to this, just wondering if there was going to be a possible future for this publication, you know? Because I want to keep doing it. I love it so much. I'm so proud of it, but... Um, you know, like uh, reality has different considerations. It's got it's got a different set of priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like the fact that not only did we we got funded in in seven hours, and it was the most amount of money I've ever asked for as well. Because I'm printing two magazines at once, so it was forty k. And I was like, are people gonna even? It's old, you know. Like what you, you've got no. I've, I had no idea how people were gonna receive it. 
So the fact that not only did we get funded, we got we've performed better than ever, you know, for all the previous Kickstarters and campaigns and stuff. It's just really, it's like genuinely like, I don't want to say like life affirming, maybe that's too dramatic, but it really is like, um, I don't know, it, it, it just feels great. It's, it's, it's fantastic to be here, you know. Uh, and so is it now more expensive for someone to get shipping to the US? Have you like now worked that in? Mm-hmm. So, so hopefully by the end of this Kickstarter, you're able to fulfill it relatively easily because the magazines are already there. So you've literally just got to reprint them and then you send them out and hopefully this time you get to keep some of the money in the business. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I mean, like, the, you know, the money side of it is is intense. And I've tried to, I've really tried this time to, uh, you know, we've upped for shipping costs and that was a big scary thing as well as like, you know, because people have a certain set of expectations, but there was just no way around it. What I have done is I have taken a little bit of a hit with each region. So my sort of um, profit margin on each issue is less than it used to be. But I don't want to front the customer with the full shipping cost. I feel like the mag is already 20 quid. <laughs> you know what I mean? In some territories, that's a huge, you know, the, with the exchange rate, that's already mm-hmm. a huge, a huge totally, thing. Yeah. Um, and then you also like have to battle through... Um, this, I, I know, you know, maybe you'll think this is sacrilege, Steve, so don't hate me for this, but like the stigma of it being a magazine, because I think people expect for 20 quid and up to get a hardcover book, you know what I mean? <laughs> like you, you enter this weird thing where, and then you take in shipping into that. So it's just kind of like, um, it's just kind of been this thing where like, you know, I've taken a little bit of a hit, but upped the shipping costs and like hopefully now there is a balance that we can do looking, you you know, a balance that we can have going forward. And like you say, hopefully, you know, my pessimism or whatever aside, like things will be much better in the future and we can sort of address things again. But yeah, I just, I think like anyone who's doing this, anyone who's making magazines right now just has to constantly keep checking updates for shipment costs. You have to be so on it in a way that I just wasn't regrettably, you know, like I was completely blindsided by, you know, just the degree of increase cumulatively. And even my shipment company were, they were surprised as well. Like, you know, when they gave me the final bill, they were like, uh, don't know how to tell you this. <laughs> and, you know, I, you just have to roll with it, don't you? But um, hopefully now we've got a good framework going forward, you know. Yeah. Okay, well, so you, you keep saying going forward. So what's the plan? Is is this going to be, are we going to see issue three of A Profound Waste of Time? Yeah, I definitely think so. Like, I mean, it would be weird to do two and just leave it, right? <laughs> I feel like you either do one and walk away or you do three and walk away. <laughs> but you don't just do two. So yeah, I really, and also like, you know, I, I was definitely feeling a bit sort of like, uh, what is the future of this thing? Is there a future for this thing? You know, um, so to see the response to it has been so good. Mm-hmm. It's genuinely like, you know, the, the last year has been hard. It's been really, it's been tough. Like just not for the business, but just for me personally, it's been, um, it's been such like, a, it's been so validating to like, after like all these years of work to get to the point where like people are seeing the magazine as like a, as like an established thing, sub- like jumping in on it, like the love people have for it is insane to me and like when I think about the amount of stuff that we've had to overcome like every single article in this thing has had someone who's like really struggled you know really really struggled over the last year to write or do VR or whatever because everyone had their lives like turned upside down um so to be at this point to have this finished thing and to have people responding to it in the way 
that they have is just genuinely like I, it, it means the world, man. Mm. I mean, mm. it, it, it's just it's just incredible. Right. So, so when issue three comes, then will that also be kickstarted? I think so. Yeah, I think like you know, with Kickstarter, firstly, like most of the money for the way we calculate the Kickstarter is that you know there isn't a huge amount left over. Money that I do have is usually reinvested into the company, um, and so it would have to be Kickstarter. We would have to have people say that they. Um, they want that magazine up front for us to justify making it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, and I think there's an aspect to this which is important, which I just think that um, Kickstarter is just like also a really fantastic way of just building an audience, building a community. Um, it, you know, it would be really nice one day to just have the cash left over to just be like, okay, we're just going to make a, you know, an issue three at our own time, you know. Um, but there's not like I can't um, that's not something that is um, foreseeable until the audience expands to a certain point Mm, where mm. it just becomes so massive that Mm. I can get that unit cost really really low because I'm printing so many Mm, mm. Um, but I I mean you know I'm I'm hopeful like you know it won't I want to stress it's not going to be like I I haven't even begun planning it like there's no there's no um hard time for it. I think I need a rest as well. It's been, it's been a lot. Um, but yeah, it will happen. And when it happens, hopefully there's still an audience who will come back to do a Kickstarter campaign mm. for us. And every time you do it, you don't know if people are going to respond well. You know, I, I always worry like, oh, is this going to be the time when people turn around and be like, you've had enough money, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're good, actually. We like, um, but luckily, I think people understand what kind of product it is. They understand how hard it is to make. And that's why they like it mm-hmm. as well. You know, it's mm-hmm. become the selling point. Yeah. I think people like also, I put so much effort into these Kickstarter updates. I think people really like reading them. They like being part of a journey. Um, I think people feel genuinely proud of backing it, mm-hmm. you know, which is, which is something I'm really happy about that that happens. So, yeah, fingers crossed for an issue three, but I mean... We'll see. So I've spoken to various people over the years who are running Kickstarter um, campaigns. Yeah. And this is why I really wanted to speak to you now while the campaign's actually yeah, still man. running because I know that, you know, so you're meant to have your calendar all planned out. So you've got your like month when you're going to be live. Yeah. These are the things that are going to happen that you're going to sort of like push it. But I mean, here you are, you're, you're sitting here, you were funded in like seven hours. You're sitting at like 71,000 now. For the next 25 days, do you just sort of sit there and go, we'll just wait for it to come in? Or are there still things that you've got planned that you're doing to make it happen? So, like, I've been running on a mix of, like, just joy and adrenaline for, <laughs> for like, the last four days, five days since we launched. Uh, and <laughs> just for the audience, like, I was saying to Steve before we start recording, like, I'm really worried that I'm going to crash mid-interview. <laughs> like, like, if I start speaking really slow, can you, like, edit around that? Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like I'm at this point now where I want to keep it going. The thing about Kickstarter is that it's so good at gamifying the whole system. I know it's, like, a gamers magazine we're doing, but I just mean in general, like, the way in which they break down the money that's coming in, the figures, I mean, m- numbers just going up feels good. It makes you want to feel like, oh, I've got to keep doing this. I've got to keep doing this. Whereas just a week ago, I was anxious about whether I'd even scrape the basic goal. 
And that's the genius of that platform, not just how like it makes um, people want to back stuff, but the way it makes creators want to keep pushing and driving. It's kind of genius, the whole thing. But for me, I'm just like trying to remind myself that, um, you know, like I've reached for anything beyond this is a bonus. I'm so blessed and grateful and lucky to have even even like a hundred people wanting the back. The fact that I've got over a thousand people already, the fact that we got funded so quickly is just a... It's just mad. So in terms of like pushing it, obviously I want to keep pushing it. Obviously there's, you know, um, you know, cause it's not really, it's never really been about profit for me. There's not a huge, you know, I'm not going to go retire to the Canary Islands after this Kickstarter is funded. Like it's, it's all going to the company, but every single copy that we sell, like in this campaign lowers the unit price. It makes everything more achievable for future, you know? Um, it just opens up new possibilities for us. So of course, I want to keep pushing it, but um, I think I think I'm just going to be sleeping a lot over the next couple of days while I finally crash. And then, you know, I put up some new reward tiers, like bundles and stuff. But I don't know what can you even do for a magazine? Like, what do, what, do I do I give away a bookmark or what do you what do you you know what I mean? Like, what's the stretch goal? Like, well, listen, I I am not the person in this room who knows how to run a Kickstarter campaign, so I don't I don't think you need to be asking me. So, so looking at the the magazine, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people um, will have seen uh, issue one or maybe issue two by now. But um, for people who aren't familiar with it, so this is a, a video games magazine, and it reads to me as a kind of mouthpiece for the game makers. It kind of mm. it feels like it really represents the community of creative people who are involved in making video games. Yeah. Was that always the aim from the outset or did you end up sort of wandering into this just because you love video games and you ended up finding that there are interesting stories to tell there? Yeah, so basically the way it worked was I'm, uh, I've always been into games for sure. Um, I started this as a student project. So this started when I was at uni. I was at UAL, University of the Arts London, and we had a zine project because I was doing graphic design communication uh, and um, I wanted to create something that was just, um, you know, games are the biggest entertainment industry on the planet by a huge margin. Yet when they're discussed, most of the time it's just in like um, through the lens of money making. You know, every time the BBC or whatever does like any story about video games, they always open, no matter what it is, it's always opened by video games are the biggest industry in the world. And, you know, like, and that's all fine. But like there's a huge, there was, and I think still is, a bit of a gap between... Um, games being sort of this money-making thing and actually being perceived as like cultural artifacts made by human beings, you know what I mean? Um, so I wanted to create something from the, get, from the onset that like talked not just about games, you know, but like celebrated them in, in like an illustrated way. I was very impressed as a student when I discovered Little White Lies as like a, what that does for film. It doesn't just, um, you know, it's not just about having films in your mag or games in your mag it's about reinventing them and reinterpreting them in an exciting way that like is engaging um so yeah the idea is to try and get this this kind of like tome that's full of people's like love for the medium express it and package it in a way that anyone can understand um and you know it's not just about for me the behind the scenes of like how this stuff is made technically but also about like what's going on emotionally for the people who make it because you know we've just had a chat about 
the stresses of making mags and just shipping stuff, right? Making a video game is one of the most complicated things that you can do. It requires maths, art, writing, um, you know, 3D modeling, sculpture. Like, it, like it, 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 no other medium, I think, requires this much of like an interdisciplinary uh, uh, set of skills. It's, it's incredible, like what these people go through, especially small teams making stuff on their own. Um, so trying to capture that is basically the aim. It's why the mag has got that little subtitle that says uh, inspired by video games rather than just being about video games. It's like games are inspiring. The people who make them are inspiring. Mm, you know, mm, like mm. you're getting something, you're getting a window into their world, you know, like mm. um, and you should, you, everyone should be able to look into this. This It's an amazing world, you know, like yeah. the stuff that these people do, this, this creative scene, this community of people. And it strikes me, I mean, you've spoken a couple of times or mentioned a couple of times, like your love of the printed object. Like, the, you know, you got into this because you like holding the, the physical magazine in your hands. The people who you're speaking with, these video game makers, I mean, they've got massive creative outlet. They, you know, they, mm. they have the ability to reach millions of people. It strikes me that actually probably the thing that they love as well about this is they're also then seeing their work in print. And there's a couple of like lovely little details in here. Um, so there's a, um, now I, I am not from this world at all, so I'm not <laughs> going to pretend that I know what all this stuff is. But so there's, okay. there's, a, there's a, a, a game called Nobi Nobi Boy, yeah. uh, where I think at the end of the game, like the players have sent this like little letter digitally and you've, printed that letter yeah. and it's just like tipped into the magazine yeah. as this little loose leaf thing. Yeah. Now I can imagine that the person who wrote that, and there's a really nice little detail as well. Like, so he, he says in the piece that he wrote the letter that was sent to people like years before when the game was first made. Yeah. And so when it was actually sent out, he sort of forgotten that he'd written it and it, it felt like the game was almost like speaking to him. But then to see that, really nicely designed on a lovely piece of paper printed and tipped into this lovely magazine that just then must elevate it one more time someone sent me a photo of that letter that they put in a frame and hung up on their wall like they'd <laughs> taken it out of the mag and they'd framed it it was the sweetest thing yeah like nobby nobby boy is a game where everyone stretches a little character and you the longer everyone stretches it you know everyone's games were communicating via the internet to sort of add this length to this other character called Nobby Nobby Girl, or just Girl. And she was stretching around the entire solar system. So everyone had to work together cumulatively to like build this thing. And the letter is like a thing that was sent out by the, the leader, like the director of the game, uh, Keita Takahashi, to everyone. And so it was like a time capsule thing. And yeah, that is basically it. I think, I think so much of, the, of games is digital and Anytime you can get it to exist outside of its medium, it's, it's important, I think. You know, like the thing I always say about books and magazines um, is that they can be a bridge between interests, you know? You don't need to give any, you don't, you don't need to care about video games um, to enjoy this magazine, you know? As long as you like nice pictures and nice words, like you're gonna have a good time. Um, I think for anyone, like, like I, I've heard I've heard a lot from the developers and stuff who've um, you know been a part of this. How nice it is to see it in this way because it is like a reinterpretation. You know, it goes back to that kind of inspired by thing. It's why also we don't do any screenshots in the magazine because like what's what's the point really? 
I only do a screenshot when it's absolutely necessary, but there's always going to be a better avenue for uh, screenshots, which is the internet. Like game magazines are a huge part of, you know, the history of that culture. And they were dying out like en masse, especially like, you know, over the last 10 years, we've, we've lost so many. And a lot of that's because they were just thinking in the same sort of old way of like news reviews screenshots but that's not the that just no longer is the best way of having that information conveyed to people so reimagining what the game's publication could be back in 2016 seems to have resonated with people and i'm very grateful for that mm. yeah Cass, i can your eyes are literally closing in front of me <laughs> so i'm just gonna oh, i'm gonna draw a line under here say thank you so much for coming over and and talking um, I'm so pleased that uh, this reprint is doing so well. Thank you, mate. Uh, and I hope that lots and lots and lots of people uh, get on board with it and see it. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's so great to see you as well. And uh, yeah, if anyone's listening and they want to back the Kickstarter, that's still going. Um, uh, just search for a profound waste of time, the reprint. And uh, yeah, thank you all so much for having me and for the support. I really appreciate Stack a lot. Okay, that's all for this week. I would like to say thanks again to Cass for coming over in the middle of all of his Kickstarter craziness. It was genuinely lovely to be sitting in the same room having a conversation with a magazine maker. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you'll know that it used to be a rule that I always spoke to people in the flesh. And I mean, I'm not going to go back to that because Zoom is just too convenient, but I do definitely want to find more opportunities for recording these episodes face to face. If you're listening to this relatively soon after it goes out and you like the sound of a profound waste of time, please do go and back the project on Kickstarter. Of course, we will be selling copies in the stack shop once they're released, but this is definitely a project that was born on Kickstarter, so I think it makes sense to back it there too. And if you've enjoyed this conversation, please follow us wherever you get your podcasts so we can keep on delivering them to you as soon as they're ready. Last week was just a bit too busy, so I didn't manage to put up an episode then, but that's all cleared now and we're back on schedule. So thank you very much for listening to this one and we'll be back with that next episode next week. <laughs>